I want to drink something, whatever. I was thinking about what's like the worst, the worst way you can like hurt somebody's feelings is like, my cat's here. The worst way you can hurt someone's feelings, because I feel like if you try to hurt someone's feelings, a lot of times you end up saying something that's not true about them. You try to hurt them and it's obvious. You say something that you don't, you don't mean because it's not true. You might, if someone makes fun of you for something, you might say, well, you're stupid. I think you're stupid for this reason. Uh, or I think you're like ugly or something. You make fun of something about them. You might say, oh, well, I think your sense of fashion is bad or whatever, more creative insults, but you say something that's not, you say something that's not true. You exaggerate something because if someone hurts you, what you want to do is you want to say, I want to hurt you back. It gives you a sense of control that's like somehow alleviates the pain that you feel, right? But inevitably, you still hurt pretty bad. So you're not supposed to, well, I mean, I've talked about this before, but you're not supposed to like affect someone's, you know, Affecting someone else's emotions. Misery likes company. So you just, misery loves company, as my mother would say. So whatever you say is something to hurt the other person. And a lot of times it's not even true. So it doesn't even really hurt the person. It just seems like a attempt to be like, well, I'm gonna try to make you feel the way I do. And maybe that'll alleviate my pain so you don't really insult the other person. And I was thinking about it. When someone, when you have an idea, a lot of times, if you're making fun of someone's idea, it's something as stupid as this. When people are arguing about, um, like, uh, politic, like, political philosophy, I think that's a good one. People always try to make it sound, sound like the other person's idea is ridiculous. Like, they'll get angry. So I think, Getting angry is never, you're never do, you're never winning an argument if you're getting angry. Because when you're getting angry, it means that your <laughs> emotions are turned up. Why are your emotions turned up? Because you probably know you're wrong. Probably because there's a lot that that person's saying that's ringing true and that's getting you worked up. So I was thinking about it. So I thought if you're in a discussion with someone, what's the ultimate thing you can do to really to win the argument and I thought about it and this is what stuck in my head. It was saying to someone, to genuinely say to someone or believe it or give the person the idea that your ideas are hilarious. The things that you're saying, the way you feel, your thoughts and your feelings and the way you think things should be or the way your perception of the way things are or what you're telling me is hilarious, is to laugh, is to when someone expresses something to you, the way they feel, something, the way they feel about an issue typically, right? Because I do think we all uh, always like talk our shit on, you know, Ukraine and Russia all the time, but we really don't know what's going on. I mean, most people politically have a very small scope of understanding of what's actually happening, boots on the ground, on paper. But everyone, when they do talk about it, expresses their expresses their knowledge and what they know about the subject in a very authoritative manner, right? And in so authoritative of a manner that people will genuinely be like, tell someone else, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm right. Listen to me. When in reality, both people know very little because there's very, there's so much to know that you can recognize the fact that I don't know and nor do you, but really two people should be exchanged. Let's take Ukraine and Russia. I don't really know a whole lot about it, but when two people are talking about it, if one's like team Russia, one's team Ukraine, or maybe one's like pro 
stay out of it, stay neutral, I don't know, but they have two different ideas of it. It's always a battle of ego. It's literally never, it's never, it's never been about what, who is right and who is wrong. Because ultimately, whoever's right and whoever's wrong, whichever person knows more about the subject and probably has a bigger frame of reference. Either way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when these two people are arguing because neither can do anything about what Russia does or doesn't do to the Ukraine. It doesn't matter. But pe both people are in a really heated argument as if whoever wins this discussion is going to have some effect on the outcome of this uh, potential war. So I was thinking about this. When you are like arguing with someone uh, just keep that in mind keep in mind you don't know we all i mean i talk i've done this for so long where i've like talked about subjects ad nauseum about wow what i know about it acting like other people's ideas are dumb and i get worked up i get mad and i you know i try to make arguments as if as if they didn't have a point as if whatever they're saying is <laughs> absolutely asinine bullshit when it's not there's probably a ring of truth to it because they believe it why would they believe some asinine bullshit think about flat earthers flat earthers it's not about flat earth it's not why would you be so passionate why would you care so much about whether the earth was flat or not you might just be like i believe the earth's flat a lot of people don't believe it and now i'm going to move on with my life that's my belief but when you're trying to convince other people something's wrong Something's wrong when you're trying to convince other people. So, all that being said, what I really think the funniest thing you can do to someone is laugh. To laugh at their idea, and not in a way where you scoff, not in a scoffing manner, because scoffing is you trying to present this idea that you think their idea is hilarious. And it comes across as pretty obvious, as it's an attempt to be sarcastic as if, oh, your idea is hilarious, when in reality it's not a genuine laugh. But when you genuinely hear something that someone believes is true or the way they feel about something and you your first instinct is to laugh, that hurts. That hurts someone. Because that's, that's when it's great. Because that's when you have a piece about it when you understand, you know what, I don't know all the answers, but I'm willing to hear your idea. And you hear that person's idea, you have no stake in it. You have no ego stake in this. You have no ego stake in this discussion. You're literally just hearing about someone's flat earth theory. You're not going to get mad at them. Maybe they're a COVID denier. But when they start explaining their idea, their idea to you and you just laugh, if you laugh and you try to hold it in and you apologize, you say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for laughing. I didn't mean to be disrespectful. That's, that's, that's the biggest thing you can do. Because that's something where you're saying, okay, I don't even, I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't have the passion to fight you on this. I don't have the ego. I don't have any sort of my identity attached to this argument, but you made me laugh, sir. What you believe is true, the way your brain works, I find comical. I think there's comedy in the way your brain works. It's so different from mine, not better, not worse, but so different from mine that I laughed out loud, that I thought it was funny, that it made me involuntary laugh. It brought me joy to notice how stupid you are. That's what I, I was thinking about that, because I was thinking about, my brain goes back to this video I watched where it was 
Yeah, I mean, there were so many of those town hall meetings that were done over Zoom or board meetings, like city council meetings that were done over Zoom and there was so much like cringe content that came from that. I remember there was this guy, he was running a meeting, it was some sort of city council meeting, and he addresses this woman in this, and he addresses her by her first name, which is on the Zoom like label. So he just addresses whatever her name is on the Zoom label. And this woman corrects her him and says, Dr. Applegate, you know, like, like, and, and stops him from what he's doing. And the guy gets upset and, you know, it's some sort, I don't, and I felt that way too when she said, it's, excuse me, excuse me, it's Dr. Applegate. When she did that, I... I, I still think about it and it does get me worked up too. I'm like, how could someone do that? How could someone be so arrogant? How could, and he's, you know, he gets upset. He, it, it hurts his ego to have her interrupt. In reality, I, I thought about that because it would work me up too. I'm just as guilty and I'm like, why does that work me up? Why does someone insisting on being called doctor? Why, does, why do I care? Why wouldn't you just, and I realized, I'm like, what the right answer for him to have done was, is, is say, oh, excuse me, Dr. Applegate. That's the right answer. Because in reality, the person feels bad enough. You don't need to, if someone's gonna stop you and say, hey, it's Dr. Applegate, they have an ego problem. Something's wrong with them. That's with them. That's with them right there. They have something where they're feeling the need to stop a meeting and say, excuse me, I went to college and I need to be acknowledged for going to college. They feel bad enough. Clearly there's some sort of deficit in uh, in their self-worth right there. Clearly, clearly there's something there. They already feel bad. You don't need to make them feel more bad. And in reality, you're probably making them feel better by making a stink because they know they affected you they know they affected your emotions and i thought about it and i'm like oh the real the real thing you do is you recognize the humor in the situation you recognize that this woman just interrupted the meeting to insist that you refer to her as doctor the correct thing to do is appreciate whatever that appreciate that moment if it makes you laugh great if it doesn't don't laugh because you didn't think it was funny but appreciate that moment this poor woman is upset that you didn't recognize the fact that she went to college for a fucking long time and i need people to know that's funny so to get upset about that why get upset that's hilarious that's very funny so the correct thing to do is just you don't have to i think a lot of people think the other person wants this. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know we were in the presence of a doctor. I excuse me. I know you worked very. Like you don't got to do all that. Just say, oh, excuse me, Doctor Applegate, and move on. And then after you can talk shit with everyone else in the meeting to be like, what a, you know, what a ego maniac. Like what? Who does that? You can talk shit with everyone else, and in reality. If she does that, she after the meeting, she's going to be like, I didn't, I didn't, that was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. That was, that was bad on me. She's going to know. She's going to feel bad. She's going to be like, that was an idiotic move. You don't need to make people feel worse than they already do. If someone's trying to make you feel bad or they're trying to posture themselves up, they already feel bad. They feel bad enough. So if you try to make them feel worse, you're going to end up 
feeling bad yourself. So enjoy. If someone does something, just enjoy that. If it doesn't directly affect you, call the woman a doctor. She'll like that. Or she won't. Who cares? What's it to you to be like, I'm sorry, Mrs. Applegate. Excuse me, Dr. Applegate. It's nothing to you. It doesn't matter. Just do it. Just do that. People feel bad enough. You don't need to make people feel bad. And this was the other thing I was going to talk about. Feel bad on your own terms. Don't guilt people. You won't guilt people when you stop being guilted by people. I've guilted people so many times and I think about it and I'm like, man, it worked. It worked to guilt them. Feel bad on your own terms. Joe, I was thinking about Joe Rogan and this, this, the N-word compilation. That's funny. To me, it's funny. It's this, it's this video of him saying the N-word, which, you know, white people shouldn't say the N-word. But that's also like why it's kind of funny when they do. It's a huge comedic risk to do it. Um, because it's something you're not supposed to do. If someone starts screaming in on the subway tr platform, starts screaming like a white person, a white person screaming the N-word on a subway platform, not at anyone in particular, not hate speech, but they're just screaming the N-word. I have to be honest with you, I'm going to laugh. I am going to laugh really hard at that. And I'm not saying it's funny. I'm not saying that it's morally right. I'm not saying that it's not gonna hurt the feelings of people in the subway platform. All I'm saying is that's gonna make me laugh because it's not something you're supposed to do and that's gonna be my involuntary response. So it's funny to me, there's this video going around. Um, people want him to feel bad and he did feel bad. He felt really bad, you could tell. He did that apology video and you could tell he was just like, man, this is not who I, this is not representing me in the way that I wanna be represented, nor is it representing me in the way that I feel that I am. I feel like it's misrepresenting me. So he did apologize for it. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, I mean, do it, do what you want, man. But like, it's also you. You also did say it, you know. Um, and you've you've monetized your broing out. You've monetized you being an entertainer in a safe space with your friends. So you've taken the safe space where you can say really fucked up shit with all your friends and everyone has an understanding that you're not a hateful person and you're all just having a good time really pushing the limits of the things that you can say with the understanding that none of you have any hate in your hearts. And I, I think that's important. I think He's taken that, which is something that's very intimate and is something that you're not supposed to share with people, but he's filmed it and put it on the internet, which is like, all right, he's filmed it, put it on the internet, which is responsible for why he's so successful, but also like, now that's there, you've taken this thing that's really, I think a lot of these podcasts, I listen to podcasts all the time, genuinely because I like listening to people be friends. And I like listening to them be unfiltered and say whatever they're gonna say in the safety of their own friend group. And I, I think that's, when you monetize that and you get sold to Spotify from you just saying messed up stuff with your friends when this someone shows India RE a video compilation of every time you've said the N word, that's funny. It's funny, that's funny to me. Uh, good for him for apologizing, but if he didn't apologize, I wouldn't I wouldn't fault him for that either. I'm gonna be honest, like I wouldn't fault him for that either. It's just funny to me, people did guilt him and he did he did succumb to the guilt, which is, you know, or maybe, maybe he did on his own terms. He's like, no, I really do feel bad about all that. And um, maybe he felt bad on his own terms. Maybe he was like, that isn't me. That's not what I wanna, you know, 
I I've always felt bad about that, and this is a good opportunity for me to apologize for doing this, because I've always felt bad about it before anyone tried to make me feel bad about it, but I doubt it. So it is funny with, uh, let's call it cancel, let's call it cancel culture. You can do anything, you just have to suffer the ramifications for it. So people can like cancel you. What they're trying to do is make you feel bad about what you've done. But really what it is, is people want to take away your success. That's what they wanna do. They wanna feel like they have some sort of power in the world. And because you've had an opportunity, they wanna say, oh, you've had an opportunity, we can take that from you. Because in reality, they kinda gave you the opportunity. You became popular, uh, so they can take that away from you. So by standing by your actions, a lot of times you're foregoing money. Because if your money's made by commercial industries, they don't wanna be associated with someone that's deemed as a racist or even worse a rapist i think rapes worse than racism i don't know um but who's keeping track of magnitudes of sins but feel bad on your own terms don't let people feel bad don't let people make you feel bad about something you never felt bad about if you're overweight if you have a weird fashion sense if you have a weird haircut if you have weird piercings, if you listen to a certain type of music, if you like a certain type of movie, if you, um, I don't know, if you just, I'm trying to think of things people clown people for, whatever people clown you for, if you wanted to get a jacket that you think people are gonna make fun of you for it, just get it, like, don't let people feel bad. If you wanna have, if you wanna like be a, if you wanna be promiscuous, if you wanna hook up with people, go out and do it, go out and do it. Or if you're a man, I think this is I think this is one thing with men and women. If you're a woman and you're like, you know what, I wish I would have sex with way more people, um, but I'm afraid of what other people will think if I have a huge body count. Um, that's not like you don't have to care. You don't have to care. Like anyone that really. Uh, likes you and appreciates you, is gonna like and appreciate you. Do what you want, but on the other hand, as a man, you don't have to, you're not your body count. Your self-worth is not tied up in how many people you've had sex with or how few people you've had sex with. But I think more than likely with women, we give them less value, the more people they've had sex with, but men, we give them more value because how many times they've gotten laid, how many pussies they've been in, that's what makes a man valuable, which is funny to me because I think a lot of men end up having sex with people they'd never really wanted to have sex with, but by having sex, they feel better about who they are, which is weird. And I think a lot of women forego having sexual encounters that they probably would have really liked and would have been really cool because they would have been told that they were slutty. Who cares? Just like yourself. You don't gotta worry what other people think. You don't have to worry about the shame that other people put on you because if they do, if they're like, oh, that's bad, that's their own shit. That's their own thing. You know what I mean? If someone's like, oh, you've only had sex with one person, you got married to the only woman you have sex with, the only woman you've had sex with, that's lame. Then be like, okay, well then it's me. It's not you. You didn't do that, you know? Or if you're a woman and you're like, oh, I've had sex with 500 people, and people are like, wow, that's a lot. It's because they foregone sexual opportunities uh, because they didn't want to be deemed a whore. So the only way that they can validate their decision from not having that much sex is to make you feel bad about your decision to have that much sex. I think that's it. Or it's like, oh, you're eating pizza? There, I've seen some really great TikToks. TikTok's the best place on the internet. Or it's like someone's like eating pizza. They're like, oh, you're eating pizza? That's crazy. I wouldn't eat pizza. That's, you know, I don't eat carbs. I'm like, 
just do, just eat, pe don't look at a person. Cause when someone's like, oh, you're eating that food? Oh, I don't eat that food. I try to like stay healthy. What they're really saying is, I wanna eat your pizza, man. I wanna eat your pizza, it looks good, but I can't do it. I'm, I can't do it, so the only way that I can validate my decision to not eat the pizza is to make you feel bad about eating pizza, which is stupid. It's so stupid. It's like, just eat the pizza. Eat the pizza, get a little fat, make your own decisions. It's all sacrifice. Take what you want and pay for it. That's what my grandpa always said. It's like, yeah, just do it. Eat the pizza, but don't look at someone else and be like, I should make that person feel bad about eating pizza because I don't like the fact that they like themselves and they're enjoying their decision and they're content with themselves and they're eating pizza because all I ever wanted to be was content with myself and I'm not. And if I couldn't be content with myself, at least I would get to eat pizza. Yeah. What do we got next? Uh, oh yeah, okay, the, your ideas are hilarious. This is so, your ideas are hilarious, and then the worst thing, because people will say, oh, you're ugly. It's like, no, the genuine, to be, to be, to find someone else's ideas funny is so disrespectful, and then to find someone's face frightening. That's what it is, because, because, <laughs> like, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, ugly's in the eye of the holder. You know, who knows? Who's to say who's ugly, who's pretty? It doesn't matter. But to say, I find your face frightening. I think looking at your face horrifies me is the meanest thing you can say to someone because it's such a genuine reaction. It's like, oh, like you see someone's face and they startle you from what it looks like. It's just because there was someone I saw. I think it was like, no offense to Steve Bannon. I should just bleep his name for the sake of, you know, my point here to not like make fun of people, make people feel bad. But I saw a picture of Steve Bannon and I was like, that man's face is scary. It's fright night out here. <laughs> Steve Bannon, if we were to wear a monster mask for Halloween, would look less scary, you know? No disrespect to Steve Bannon. I just don't, I don't think he also does not, he's not like a guy that tries to like put forward a nice appearance. So I don't think you would take, I don't think you would take any disrespect to that. I also don't really care about what Steve Bannon thinks. Um, okay, boomers, this is your way. Oh, oh man, okay. I was, okay, this is one that's funny. Like, one homicide detective chooses, rules it a homicide, and, or, no, no foul play. I was thinking about this, because when you've murdered someone, you're kind of waiting, right? You're waiting for the detectives. Once the detective gets there and he says, uh, no, we're gonna rule it a, we're gonna rule it a, you know, suicide or an accidental death or whatever, no foul play. You're off the hook. You're done. Because you always think like if you murder someone, you're like, oh, someone's going to come after me. Someone's going to come looking. Someone's going to, some detective's going to be on the case and they're going to bring me in. They're going to interrogate me and I'm not good under pressure and I'm in a cave. I'm not going to get away with this murder. But it's also funny if someone dies, it's also a detective's going to come and be like, no, once they say, you know what? Even if it's close, if it's close, if it's like, I don't know, there could have been, you know, the doors unlocked, there's this, maybe this, that, and they say, uh, probably not. Probably not a homicide, suicide. You're done. That's over. There's no appeal for that. It's just, oh, there's one detective that's like, when he's ruling it, he's like, I'm, I'm, someone, whatever I determine now, someone could just be getting away with murder. And once I say, you know what? Close case suicide, he's off the hook. He's done. I was thinking about that. There's one moment where the guy's like, 
I hope whoever shows up to that crime scene is feeling feeling a little lazy. I don't know. I was thinking about that the other day. Um, I'm Bumble. Imagine meeting my parents. Oh, this was funny. I was thinking about this. There was some there was some girl on Bumble. I was swiping through and I saw her and she just like I'm trying to think how to say. It. I mean, she just, you know, blonde hair. I don't know. Blonde hair doesn't even matter. And that's that's such a dumb thing. She just had like giant tits. She had giant tits and they were tits were out on Bumble, you know, just like really showcasing Really showcasing. I'm like, get it, girl. Do your thing. Get it. And I thought about it. And I'm like, what if, like, it'd be so funny to bring home a girl to my parents with, like, just giant, just, like, big fake tits and with her tits out, covered in makeup, and take them, take her home to my parents and then introduce her to my, I was looking at this girl on Bumble and I'm like, I'm imagining taking her home to my parents. Be like, yes, this is my girlfriend. I love her. Um, I'm emotionally connected to her. She supports me and um, I'm really happy about this and we have a really good partnership in life. And my parents just being like, okay, dude, cool. I'm sure you do just to, Watch your parents, I have another thought of this, to watch your parents, like, have to, not that they don't deserve to be taken seriously, but it's just funny, they're, you know, just a girl that's classically hot, insanely classically hot, you know, like, like a 90s magazine version of hot, because in reality, I don't think that's, so, I mean, sure, it's, like, attractive, but it's not my type. It's not my type, but it is fun. It would be funny if I brought that home to my parents because I think my parents know that's not my That's not my type, you know uh, Yeah, I think we all have this idea of what we're supposed to be attracted to um, And it's not it is not uh, It is not what you think what I'm attracted to is not what you would would not what you would think um, Because those women and now I sound like just like a no pussy getting dude, but those women, those women, uh, I'm like, yeah, it's not my thing. Ooh, I want to go. Oh, I've also thought about this. This is, I'm glad we're deep in the episode. I'm gonna have to restart the cameras, but, ah, oh, fuck. I was thinking about this. What if I, I was thinking, cause I've been, I've been on a couple days with trans women before. Um, and I found it, I found it like, one, I was like too scared. I went on two dates with her. I think she was trans, but I don't know for sure. Um, and honestly, this was like four or five years ago. Yeah, probably five years ago. I was a little scared. I was a little bit intimidated by opening that door. So I didn't, you know. And then the other one I went on a date with, I didn't know until I got there. Same thing, I didn't really know, but we talked about it. But that was interesting because I was like, in our interactions, it felt very, she had a lot of like masculine energy. She looked great, she looked beautiful, but she did have a lot of masculine energy. So when I was sitting with her, it was interesting. I was like, okay, this is not, there's no, there's no chemistry here, you know? It was cool, because it was a vibe, it was like, okay, this is, this is like a nice person to talk to, she's very cool, but 
there was something off. There was something off. It did feel like I was hanging out with a male friend. I thought that was interesting. All that being said, that's me caveating what I actually wanted to say. I'm running out of, I know I'm running out of time on this, but I'm gonna have to restart the cameras. But, all right, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna restart the cameras. Okay. All right, so anyway, what I was saying, I was thought, this would be so funny. I've always thought this. It, if I did, if I did date a trans woman and then bringing, bringing her home to my parents in Indiana, I think it would just be the funniest thing to introduce them to her and just wait to see, and not, not mention, not make mention of it, not make mention of it, not, not like, I mean, I'd have to prepare my parents for that. And I don't think that's weird. They're just, they're not used to that. That's not something that they, they probably never, never met a trans person before. So, I mean, in reality, it'd be pretty considerate for me to be like, hey, there's something you should know. But to not say anything and just wait, because what would they do? I introduce them to my to my girlfriend and they, they can, they pick up on it, you know, whatever it is, whatever the tell is, they pick up on it, but what do they say to me? What do they say? What can they say? Because they have to think, the first thing they're gonna think is, does he know? He certainly has to know. Second thing is, were, they'd be very afraid that I didn't know. They're, do, I, <laughs> I mean, they might consider it. My parents are pretty conservative. They could assume that we've never, I've never seen their genitals. I don't know. Um, and then also watching them be like, hey, we need to, I need, like, also them thinking, well, he certainly would have told us, right? Uh, so watching them broach the subject would be funny because they don't know if I'm going to respond by saying, and they also wouldn't know for sure. They could also just think maybe we're wrong, which is really great too. I think it'd be so, I think it'd be not to make a joke of someone, you know, like that type of thing, but that would be funny. I don't care who you are. That's, that would be hilarious. Um, so maybe it'll happen. I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe I'll, you know. Maybe the first person I bring home to my parents will be a trans woman. I don't know. Um, and if it is, I will certainly forewarn my parents because for both me and my girlfriend for consideration. Uh, all right. Well, that's good. That's good enough. Uh, oh, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about LA and I like, I live in Los Angeles. I live in Los Angeles, California. If I were to live uh, half a mile that way, I would live in Florence Graham, a designated census district of California. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, I like my LA address. I love LA. I love living here. I like the city, but most importantly, when someone asks me what my address is, I like telling them 7708 Stanford Avenue, Los Angeles, California. I like my LA address. I like it. I like having it. I like telling people I live here. It's important to me. Is that good? I don't know, but I like telling people that. If I did end up living in Inglewood or I did end up living in Compton, I'd be like, okay, you know, sending people my address to like, oh, he lives in Inglewood, wherever that is. But no, I like living in Los Angeles, California. It's nice. I like telling people I live here. Uh, it feels good, even though I'm barely in Los Angeles. I'm hardly in it, but you don't know that. All you know is I live in 90001, 
Los Angeles, California. I love my LA address. I think it's great. It's important to me. It's important to me enough if I did have to pay extra to live in the city of LA proper. I probably would pay something. I'd probably pay a little bit extra. So, um, I like being associated with the city. That's important to me. Uh, wow, that was real interesting, Joe. I don't know. I think so. Uh, calling someone out to put you in a position where you expect more from you. Oh, this one's gross. Okay. I've realized what we do is we try to make people feel bad because we're trying to leverage. We're trying to make them feel worse because in the future we want something from them. So us making someone, us guilting someone is us trying to get futures. It's futures. It's like, ah, I'm going to, if I make you feel bad, I'll have future. You'll owe me something in the future. Cause remember that time you made me feel bad. So a lot of times we take these bad things or something that may be an inconsideration that people have toward us and we make them feel bad because we're like, I'm going to leverage this bad thing you did for future, for future reparations. Isn't that fucked up? So don't let people make you feel bad because sometimes people do that to me. They're like, well, I did that for you. And I'm like, well, I didn't ask you to. It wasn't a favor, you know? You just did that. So don't be like, you owe me something. I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware we had a deal. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm excited to edit all three of these together and mesh them up. I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun. Well, thanks for listening to my podcast. I'm out of...